most of those kids that got, you know, blown up into blueberries or sucked up a tube or whatever, they all kind of deserved it. But Augustus was just hungry. <laughs> well, he was, he was, it's, it's the seven deadly hung- sins. He was the glutton. He was hungry yeah. and had poor balance. That was all, that was his, <laughs> that's, that's all that happened. <laughs> he was, he was hungry and he just couldn't balance well. He was a chunky whoa, guy. Whoa, and wasn't, whoa, wasn't coordinated. Whoa. You know, Mike TV. I'm surprised that Americans can't identify the reason for Augustus Glutes to yeah, Mike, Mike TV was like a narcissist, and both of the girls were kind of despicable in their own way. But Augustus just, you know, just wanted some chocolate, man. No, Augustus Booth was lazy and gluttonous. Yeah. He did. I guess, I guess I. for being killed. I understand, and I guess I just, I, I guess I identify with him more, so I feel a little worse yeah. for him. Because <laughs> I am also lazy. I think most Americans are. Craig, yeah. Craig Campbell, lazy and covered in chocolate. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nerdburger, episode 296. It's a podcast. With a guy and a gal and some traffic on Google Hangouts. <laughs> what? I'm Mike. I'm Craig. And here we are. On Google Hangouts. <laughs> What's going on, Craig? I'm at home. Sounds, yeah. I didn't I didn't feel like coming over there today. Didn't feel like it. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Saturdays. Oh jeez. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, but uh, I'm I'm happy to be here via the miracle of technology, and let's hope my battery doesn't crap out in the middle of doing this. Uh oh! Did you forget to plug in? Well, I just moved over here to test everything, and I <laughs> was, wasn't planning for us to fiddle around for a half an hour. <laughs> but we did it. We figured out Google Hangouts, sort of. <laughs> if you want to talk to our guest for a for a minute, I'll go plug my battery in. Let's do. Just okay, talk, that. Talk to the talk to the guest. I'll be right back. See me mowing my front lawn. I know they're all thinking I'm so wide and nerdy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Beth. Hi, I'm Beth. I recently discovered that that's my theme song. Slightly offended about it. <laughs> Slightly offended. Oh no, that was the one I was told to use by Craig, who is. <laughs> We can, we can, let's, let's listen in on Craig as he finds his power cord for his laptop. Yes, he has a very powerful mic. He picks up everything. <laughs> I'm wondering what he has not said it. Is it omnidirectional right now? I would have put it at mono. But oh, you mean, are, are you telling me that it has multiple settings that he can fiddle with to make it sound better? Yeah, I'm oh. telling you that. I have the same mic. <laughs> I'm not using it right now, but I do have the same mic. Wow. Craig, did you hear any of that? I just just got back. Beth has that same microphone that you're using, and apparently there's all kinds of settings you can fiddle with to make you sound better. On her microphone, yeah. Not on mine, apparently, or I don't know how to use them. Sorry. Well, yeah. It could be so. They come out with different versions all the time. Well, the, the issue is that 
this is <laughs> talking to you today, Mike, was the first time you were like, hmm, you're a little, a little loud. Can you do anything about that? I've been using this for uh, podcasts and, and streams and stuff um, for a couple of months, and you're the first person that's had an issue, so I haven't had a chance to explore how to fiddle around with that stuff. We had 30 minutes to fiddle around with that. Maybe yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. We, we ultimately decided that good enough. <laughs> yeah. Also, Beth's not a fan of the theme song. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to have to find something else next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe somebody won't be on the show again next time. I don't know if she doesn't, if she doesn't like Weird Al or if she's not, doesn't consider herself nerdy or possibly not white. <laughs> no, I'm totally white. <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm white. All right, Italian. That oh, explains crap. the uh, that explains the vowel at the end of the name. Okay. Oh, Varney. <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Varney is a very Italian name from Genova, Italy. Where's that in Italy? On on it's the in northern Italy along the coast. It's like okay. A beach town. It's a oh a beach town. How far is that from Torino or Turin? Pretty far from what I remember. Oh, okay. Is it on the the Adriatic or the other one? <laughs> west or East Coast? East or West Coast? It's, a, it's on the West Coast. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you for joining us for Italy Geography. Northern Mediterranean <laughs> Coastal Geography. <laughs> from a girl who's been to Italy literally twice. That's more times than I have been. Oh, really? I, you should go. Italy's beautiful. It's I, chaotic if all get out, but it's beautiful. Chaotic? I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. You can literally see it when you're flying over. Like um, You can I see the chaos? Italy. You can see it. I flew, I flew from um, Florence to Munich. And as you're going over the mountains, the actual layout is so obviously different. Like, it goes from, like, houses all over the place, like, various sizes, no real structure, to, like, perfect lines. In Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Well. that's That sounds about right for Germany. <laughs> Everything yeah. in, tight, in a row, buttoned up. Italy, it's like, uh, we, we put a house over there. We put a house over there. We should Did you imp- forget where I told you I am Italian? <laughs> no, I heard that part. <laughs> Mike Mike has Italian ancestry as well, and I yeah. use that voice all the time. <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter. There are so many accents in Italy. It's crazy. Yeah, the the accent I'm doing is not Italian. No, not at all. <laughs> it's, it's cartoon chef Italian. Mm-hmm. Or a waiter, yeah. Yeah. And I only know a little bit of Italian, so... My dad bought me a shirt for my birthday. It's got the Italian flag on it, and it says, uh, Vaffanculo is Italian for have a nice day. <laughs> okay, are you sure? It's not. Did you, did you look it up? It's probably the exact opposite of that. <laughs> that reminds me when I learned how to curse in sign language. And I did, the guy who told me was Beth, and we were in elementary school, and he told us it was, like, a way to, um, like, compliment somebody. But what it really <laughs> was was, like, a series of very strong curse words. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, sign language is like, it's just visual speaking. You're telling a story with your fingers rather yeah. than describing something. Yeah. So you're basically, if you were telling someone to F off, you were like showing the action of somebody getting F. <laughs> And you don't realize that that's what it means because you're a little kid. Because aren't, aren't you doing, like, it's basically both hands, two fingers? That's one of them, yeah. That's one of There's them? Like, two, two, both versions. hands, two fingers on each hand, and you kind of bump the hands together? That is one of them, yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's a number. Like, standing up? or things. It, it kind of looks like... It just looks like you're making the number two with both of your hands, and you just smash them together at the thumb. It's like that's one way to say F U. Interesting. There's better ways. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> I think the raising the middle finger would get the point across. That's another one. Easier. <laughs> well, yeah, if it's ASL. <laughs> um, because uh, other countries use other hand gestures for sure. that. That's true. So... Um, yeah, Beth, you did artwork, and you're doing artwork. Are you sure? Yeah, you better be. At least some some point here in the near future, you're <laughs> under contract. Or actually, you're about to be. You haven't actually sent your contract back yet. Yeah, I haven't even signed it yet. I'm sorry. That's okay. You, did. <laughs> you know what the... I thought I had signed it, and then I realized like this morning that I hadn't. You, you know what the deadline is. I trust you. Yeah, I do. I'm actually about to be in New York, so I'm going to be doing your art in New York. Sweet. Yeah, um, I've never been. I'm staying in Times Square. Cool. You've been to Italy twice, but never New York. <laughs> I've been to a lot of places overseas and never New York. I haven't even been to Russia. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just like, my Beth, my, my artist, my favorite artist, Beth. You're a world traveler. That's spectacular. Some kind of secret agent that poses as an, as an artist. <laughs> yeah. you, you found me out. <laughs> oh, off to go draw some stuff in Munich again. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the castle not far outside of Munich. It's like Kronberg or something. I was drawing there, and <laughs> like all these tourists like watch me like. 40 minutes. It's so uncomfortable. Did they throw, mo- <laughs> did they throw money at you? No, they videotaped me. They like, thought it was an exhibit. It was really weird. Who is it on Should... YouTube? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Should have put a hat. You should have put a hat out. Throw a couple bucks in it or a couple Deutschmarks in it and see if you could. Uh... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> throw Lira. Throw Lira in it. Pesos, I don't know. I'm American. I don't know anything about the rest of the world. I have a bunch of money from different places in Europe and overseas. It's like really annoying. <laughs> Are you one of those people that like keeps a little bit of money from each place that you go to just so you have a not like a souvenir? Just you, you just came... you just manage to not spend it. Yeah, like when I came back from Turkey, I had a ton of Turkish money. Turkey. <laughs> yeah. You've been to Turkey, jeez. Yeah, what what countries that. haven't you been to? Um, I haven't been to South America. Um, I haven't been to any Asian countries. 
I haven't been to South America or any Asian countries. Turkey's in Asia. <laughs> I guess half of it is. Okay. Is that how they split it? Does it? If you're talking about Istanbul, I have been there, but only half of Istanbul is in Asia, and I didn't go to that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, the half that's in Asia is, like, where everybody lives, and then there's the other half, and, you know, Europe, and, like, that's hold where it. all the cool shit is. Hold it, hold it, hold it. So, the continent divide i don't want to say continental divide that's not the right word but the, the the line the imaginary line that divides the continent of asia from europe actually splits countries in half they didn't really <laughs> those borders move around city. so often when i was there they were saying that people actually take a barge every morning to go from china wherever from asia wherever everybody lives to the rest of turkey well i never i never thought about it like you know, because it's like yeah, North and South America easy. seem to have clear, you know, like North and South America have clearly defined line. It's like right at right at a country. And but, you know, OK, I never thought about it. Like, where does Africa end? Is it technically Egypt? I don't know. But every time <laughs> or is part of Italy, Egypt they, in Asia? All I know is that every time I've been to Italy, they complain that there's too many illegal African immigrants. <laughs> so I don't know. The lines are blurry. That's kind of what causes wars and stuff is that people want yeah. better borders. Everybody needs to belong to the right group and hate that group over there. Okay, Asia is not Egypt. It's the uh, it's it's the other side of the Red Sea. That's where Asia starts. Yeah. According Why did you think it was Egypt? I don't, no, Craig said that. I don't know. I know I was just curious if, if a little part of Egypt was technically in Asia, like where was map? the line? Did you get out of map? I am why looking would, at a map. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Be? I mean, we got the no, internet at our fingertips. No, I'm not for learning. <laughs> we're, we're real geography professors. <laughs> Everything I need to know about geography, I learned from Google Maps. I'm rotating over there right now. Where's the Asia line? Oh wait, no, that like that little bit at the top of the I was Red gonna sea, say that's that's in Asia. That's that Egypt That little is, part is, that little part of Egypt is in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it doesn't really affect us, so we don't really need to know it. It's pretty important to everybody over there. So so Beth is um already over <laughs> the continent talk. Let's let's move on to something else now. I think Australia is probably the only one that's pretty well defined. Like, <laughs> like there's there's no there's no part of Australia that's in Asia, right? Right? Right. But then there's that whole like, is it Australia or Oceania or whatever? Yeah, like, all those little. If there's like some, there's a Venn diagram now to describe that, all the little, that area all the little, of the world. Yeah, all the tectonics and things of how everything's connected down there. Anyway, we're we're done with geography talk, right? Come to Nerdburger Podcast for all your geographical debate. Yeah. <laughs> for incredibly misinformed, just wild no stabs in the dark. Just pulling it out of nowhere. Part just of Egypt f- is in Asia. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Now that we've... To be honest, I don't really care. 
Well, now that we've settled that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Die Laughing Kickstarter is doing well. <laughs> is it? It's rolling along. <laughs> you, you sounded really proud of it just now. <laughs> well, I was like, <laughs> I tried to talk and go to the page at the same time. And that, <laughs> that, now I'm running two things on the same battery. And much like my laptop, I'm not plugged in. So it slowed me down. But your no, it's your it's doing it's doing well. It's uh, well over two hundred people. Probably should you know as as we're recording, up over three thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty people. It's backers. It'll be into the three hundreds by the time you're listening to this. I would think. Um, I'm actually going to make a couple bucks on this. So is Beth. Yay! So all good. When does uh, how long does it go for? Um, it ends on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at 9 p.m. Eastern. So 9 p.m. Yeah, it's like we have a few days left. 9 p.m. tonight, as you listen to this, if you are listening to this when this posted, if yep. I remember to post it on Wednesday. Instead of Tuesday like and, you did last week. And didn't think that Tuesday was Wednesday and posted on Tuesday. I have since fixed that on the website, <laughs> which allows me to change the date and the time. Um, <laughs> hey, better early than late, right? I, yeah. I completely thought that Tuesday was Wednesday last week. <laughs> it was funny. I was like, all of a sudden I get a notification that mm-hmm. that's what I usually get on Wednesday saying that well, Nerdburger well, posted. You know, so I, I, even, I even made a joke out of it. It was like, hey, <laughs> the Nerdburger show up a day early. The end times are nigh. When, where did you do that? I didn't see that. On my Facebook when I shared it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's probably why you didn't see it. No one uses Facebook. <laughs> Well, it was, uh, you know, we had we had a guest, and I tagged him, and he shared it, and but no, and nobody said anything to me. Nobody said, hey, why are you posting this a day early? I just figured maybe you had something going on on Wednesday. I was like, okay, that's no, how he's going to do it this week. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> I just looked over at my bag, and uh, I don't know if we told everybody listening, but my dog is here, and her fur is all over my bag. Jeez. It's like it's turned into a tumbleweed of dog fur. I'm just startled, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, do I have another dog here? This is my bag, covered in her fur. <laughs> oh, that it's so much fur, it looked like there was a second dog had jumped into your car. She's got long fur. She's a fluffy dog. Kind of like a living pillow. <laughs> Jeez! I describe my service like it's a pillow. It's so helpful. Do, do do you use her as a pillow? <laughs> Is that one of the services she performs? Yeah, when people ask, I'm like, she's my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody! You should go check out. Um, the Kickstarter for Never Going Home as well. That's a a role-playing game by some friends of mine. It's all about World War One and crazy, wacky, occult horror stuff that happens in the middle of World War One, and nobody's going home. Can we talk about how incredibly popular occult horror is right now? This this podcast is doing or not podcast. This this uh, Kickstarter is doing very well. So is that yeah. is that is that an indicator of that occult horror is a big deal in the? Well, uh, a lot of movies fan sphere and 
video games that has been about that have gotten a lot of views or a lot of purchases. A lot of people are interested in that subject and it isn't fed into enough. And I feel like it's getting more attention nowadays. Like Cthulhu games that just came out, stuff like that. Yeah, see, I always feel like Cthulhu's, Cthulhu's been popular for a long time because it's been public domain for so long. So anybody can make a Cthulhu thing like Cthulhu plush toys, which kind of takes a little bit of the sting out of the great old ones. <laughs> but, you know. Kind of stuff takes a little sting out of the great old ones. It's getting more saturated and more people don't know how to tell horror. <laughs> so they take away the horror of it. I, on the other hand, go ahead and just ram comedy into it and just say screw it why should i be scary when i can be gory and over the top and funny you could be both of those at the same time that's true there's nothing saying you can't play die laughing and get really horrific oh no definitely not especially with the absolutely terrifying art for the monster so scary. <laughs> each of them has their own little joke in there <laughs> but uh i've been digging the art We'll talk about that more eventually. Are we going to talk news or are we just going to talk to Beth about everything? We can wander all over the place. I don't care. <laughs> oh, is there a structure to this show? Yeah. I've done it before and I don't know, apparently. Uh, there, there can be. There doesn't have to be. <laughs> Does anyone keep track of when we started recording? No. It was like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> all right. That sounds about right. I am in a car. <laughs> I can see my clock right in front of me. That's helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah. The the time somebody was paying attention. Hang on a second. Um, 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 um. Where's news? Oh, here it is. I don't know. What's news, Craig? Oh, news. William Goldman died. Yes, he did. It's dead celebrity news on Nerd Burger. Yeah, I don't bring up too many of these. Nowadays, we, we really overdid it for a year or two there. <laughs> oh, we're going to overdo it some more. In fact, we're debuting oh, a new a new Dead Celebrities theme, because I keep no. accidentally hitting it. This is now the theme. What? This is Dead Celebrities theme. Is it? Okay. Well, anyway, William Goldman, the author of uh, <laughs> MASH. He wrote MASH. No. <laughs> he wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, most notably for a lot of us uh, in the Geekosphere, he wrote The Princess Bride. Oh. Yep. Well, the screenplay, um, the actual book. Yeah, the screenplay, right, 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 the screenplay. But um, he took the bits and pieces, you know, he took the, the book. Um, Which, if you and, haven't read it. It's and translated really it nicely, yeah. I mean, I love The Princess Bride. That was the very first date movie I ever went on. It was my first date with my first real girlfriend. Aww. Princess Bride. How perfect is that? Did well, you... I was an actual child when I saw it, so. Did, did the two of you end up calling each other, uh, uh. Wesley and Buttercup? Right. <laughs> no, and I don't think she, either one of us ever said, as you wish to the other one. I was trying to think of Buttercup. Weird. We did make out afterwards while waiting for my mom to pick us up. <laughs> That's awesome. what I wanted to learn about, Craig. What? I was. Jeez, I'm a person, you know. I'm not just a paycheck. Wow. <laughs> I, I could have sworn you're just a, a talking paycheck. I'm an I'm an AI. Have, have you have you two met in person yet? No. Um, well, there you go. You could just be AI. 
<laughs> I could I be. Could be AI. That's I true. You see my face in a video. Um, I've seen the phony p- photos you've put up on uh, Facebook and stuff. So yeah. I mean, that, that could just be anybody as far as I don't know. I don't really like going out or being around people. So <laughs> pretty rare. You're so good at hiding your face that I thought I knew what you looked like and I didn't. What did you think I looked like? I'm curious. I thought that one of the illustrations in uh, Capers was w- that you had done a self-portrait, inserted yourself in there, and it, tr- it turns out that wasn't that. you. I had to do that for one entire semester. They were all self-portraits. It was a self-portrait class that I had to take, <laughs> and I hated every minute of it. Oh, yeah. I'm not, in, I'm not an artist at all, but that sounds like hell. Yeah, we all used to make jokes about how we were going to build headboards for our beds. So we slept on ourselves all night. We were so incredibly conceited to have like 30 illustrations of yourself. And to be forced to do it. Mm -hmm. At least I got to be out of different materials and stuff, but still it sucks pretty hard. (laughs) Well, no, I think the the at least here is is that she at least was forced to do it and wasn't doing it because she really enjoyed doing it and wanted to see herself everywhere. I've got you guys fooled. I'm actually incredibly narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're worthy to look at my face in video, wow. so I only speak. Yeah, I take it pretty far. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> <sighs> and I'm only perpetuating that and helping you do that by uh, you know, doing work with you remotely where I can't actually sit down at a meeting. Whereas, like, Owen and I have actually sat down and talked about stuff that we've worked on for Capers um, because he's local and I know him and have, have, have been around him. You, on the other hand, Beth. I know. You're not just, even far from me. Keep, keep me at a distance. I was just out in Atlantic City. You could have come to the convention. I could have. I didn't. I invited you. You said maybe, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, imagine how my therapist feels about me. <laughs> so if, we'll see. Uh, if you if you invite someone and they say maybe that's a no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's immediately a no. They just come, don't want to hurt your feelings. Come on, Craig. How how old are you? <laughs> but I'm actually forty six. <laughs> You're actually what? So if I say maybe, I might actually show up. Ooh. I make a decision like within five seconds of whether I'm going or not. Like right before the show, I'll decide. She would have just jumped in the car and taken off like that morning. <laughs> I've done, I have literally done stuff like that before. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Maybe one of these times, maybe we'll make it to a convention at the same time or something. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, and if and if not, that's fine. You can just keep drawing all kinds of cool stuff for my games. That's fine, too. No, it's not very helpful for an artist to not go to conventions. Like, you have to meet people and network. Networking is it. networking is good stuff. Weren't we talking about celebrity deaths? And then yeah, we're done. Yeah. We're done with William Goldman. Yep. <laughs> Moving on to <laughs> Stan Lee. Yeah, Stan Lee died. Um, the I huh, Bizborn. I don't. I they. It's got that funny newspaper font. I can't really <laughs> tell if that's actually what it says. The Bizborn Herald in New Zealand uh, had on their front page a picture of Stan Lee. With the uh, uh, headline, Spike Lee dies at 95. I think you mean the Brisbane Herald. I could be wrong. It's, it says B-I- Spike Lee. 
S B O. dying. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So then, I mean, of course, not his death, but like that they thought Stanley that they got the name wrong. So Spike Lee, of course, uh, you know, tweets that out with with the caption: Spike Lee, beloved creator of Professor Malcolm X, Spider Inside Man, and Do the Right Thing. I will say that one of the only cons that I have been to, I specifically went to because I wanted to meet Stanley. And it was an awesome con last year in D.C. And then he didn't show up because he was sick. Oh. And yet he cameos in, you know, eight movies a year. I don't fault him for it. It's understandable, but it it was very sad. What you typing, Craig? Nothing. Um, That really, really loud typed uh, keyboard you got there. It's not that loud. It is on this end. Thanks for pointing it out and making a big f***ing deal out of it on the podcast, Mike. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, um, I will I will note, though, that I uh, I, I feel kind of bad because I know what, like maybe six months or something like that ago, I complained about Stan Lee's cameos in all the Marvel movies and how they always tear me out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I made a well, terrible you, joke at one point. And, now yeah. you don't have to worry about that anymore. No, at, at least after whichever CG. ones are in the can that yeah. they've already filmed as those come out, you know, at, you know, maybe two years from now, you, you can stop worrying about it. He'll CGI. They'll CGI him in sometime just to piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Just for you. Yeah. He'll have a shirt that says, uh, Craig sucks. <laughs> Suck it. Campbell. <laughs> oh, I think if they did that, it would just be to milk as much money out of his name as possible. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, they've they've gotten a lot of mileage. I'll say that you know Marvel in general and the movies because you know they, they did have him in cameos and they always have him featured prominent his his name prominently in the openings and um he's you know he wasn't one of those guys that wrote a thing and then somebody took it and turned it into movies and he never really talked about it. He was always a big proponent and he loved the movies and loved to see uh, his creations brought to life and. You know, it was mutually beneficial. They everybody got something out of that relationship. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody got something taken out of the relationship too. Mm. It was all very public. But yeah, he's uh he's gone. Get do you know who else died? Who No, I don't keep a logbook about people's deaths. Mike well, does. And it, apparently. It, well, you know, it's especially fun when they come in threes like they're supposed to. Ugh. You know, You're only happy when they come in three. I'm, ha- I'm happy when it, whenever anyone dies. Um, Whoa! <laughs> I can agree with that. It's oh, my lord. <laughs> Do, any, either of you know who Douglas Rain is? No. Rain and if, and, water and if we don't know sky. who he is, then he doesn't count as a celebrity, so you haven't gotten your threes. Mm sure he does Canadian actor played some of Shakespeare's most intriguing characters on stage but is best known for the creepily calm voice of computer hell in 2001 a space odyssey (laughs) okay he he has died at the age of 90 I'm afraid I can't do that Dave did you did you know Craig that as a child when I saw 2001 I thought. You, hold it, hold it. How old were you when you watched 2001 for the first time as a child? Single digits. Can't remember. Oh my lord, that must have been excruciating. Um, as a as a kid, I'm really good at 
I'm really good at sitting in one place and, and not moving. I've all, I, and I always have been. Okay, that's true. To sit really well with this day and age. I've seen Mike sit in one place quite a few times. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not lying. I, I, like to, I like to conserve my energy for when, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I haven't used Mike's, it yet. Mike's a superhero who's building up, slowly building up all this stored kinetic energy, and when he releases it, it's going to blow up the planet. Yeah, when I die, it's going to destroy the universe a black hole i think he's more like the person uh, did you guys play the final fantasy game no no okay well there's an item in them called the ether and it's super rare and it you use them just to refill your mana bars and stuff so when you find them you don't want to use them because there are a lot of them so people would traditionally go all the way to the end of the game and never even use one of them because they kept thinking, I'm going to need that for later. Now I want to play the game and use them immediately. You will run out really quickly. Yeah, but I'll get more effect out of it than the person who saves them through the whole game and never uses a single one. Because you'll be the only one using them. It's just a weird thing where people think they're going to need it later and they never even use it. So anyway, 2001. (laughs) Oh yeah, um... I thought that uh, I watched that movie and I and I I thought for sure that the voice actor playing Hal was um what oh great now I can't think of his name. <laughs> what a great story, Mike! It is, isn't it? <laughs> oh man, hang on. Really riveting. What else did this actor play? I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Wow, you're doing him a great. I'll memorial. just I'll just cut this out. I thought it that it was. <laughs> he's gonna fix it in post well now i'm not because it's funny uh (laughs) we don't fix anything in post very rarely um no i was i could have sworn that you you could not have convinced me that it wasn't gene wilder (laughs) doing doing the voice of hal because of course i had just probably recently seen uh Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka for the first where time. He, where he does those he deadpan. Talk, no. He talks like that. Yeah, he does that deadpan stuff, especially mm-hmm. when the kids are about to get murdered. Yeah, yeah. He's real deadpan. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> yeah, I just had a discussion with uh, my coworker that sit ne- sits next to me that you know, Mike. Um, apparently, she's a gigantic Willy Wonka fan. I did not know this. We had a wonderful Willy Wonka discussion. She even uh, kind of okay likes the... Uh, the Tim Burton Johnny Depp one. Really? She loves I, I she loves the book. Were yeah. Well, and she's also a like fifty year old black lady, which you wouldn't expect her to be a giant Willy Wonka fan, because that's a pretty white movie. Um but Is she it? loved she read the book when she was young and she really loved it. And yeah, she's a Gene Wilder fan and everything. I was like, really? I had, had no idea. I've known this person for eight years. Did not know that. I saw the movie and then read the books. Sure. Plural. I've never read the book. There's more than one book. The story keeps going. <laughs> Does Was he it, just keep killing more kids? Is it like a <laughs> Charlie in the Glass Elevator or something like that? No, oh, I remember the second hearing one. about that. I didn't read it. Does Charlie grow up and become really jaded? Yes, Greg. Welcome to real life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 
was a really good impression of all those kids from that movie. <laughs> Charlie grows up and uh, and can't can't sleep unless there's uh you know at least three other people in the bed with him. Well, we were yeah, but he's got all that candy candy factory money, so he can pay to have people in the bed with him. I and thought that, you were gonna say unless three children were being murdered. <laughs> that too, he can't he can't get through a day without killing a kid. Um, yeah. no, that's Willie. Um, because my my, my coworker. My coworker and I had a discussion about how, like, most of those kids that got, you know, blown up into blueberries or sucked up a tube or whatever, they all kind of deserved it. But Augustus was just hungry. <laughs> well, he was, he was, it's, it's the seven deadly hung- sins. He was the glutton. He was hungry yeah. and had poor balance. That was all, that was his, <laughs> that's, that's all that happened. <laughs> he was, he was hungry and he just couldn't balance well. He was a chunky guy and didn't, wasn't, wasn't coordinated. <laughs> You know, Mike I'm TV. I'm surprised that Americans can't identify the reason for Augustus. Yeah, Mike. Mike TV was like a narcissist, and both of the girls were kind of despicable in their own way. But Augustus just, you know, just wanted some chocolate, man. No, Augustus Booth was lazy and gluttonous. Yeah, he did. I guess. I guess I. For being killed. I understand, and I guess I just. I, I guess I identify with him more, so I feel a little worse yeah. for him. Because I am also lazy. I think most Americans are. Craig, yeah. Craig Campbell, lazy and covered in chocolate. Sometimes. <laughs> I actually don't like chocolate. Wow. Not at yeah. all? Not any kind? No, I don't really like desserts or sweet things. You and me are similar in that. I'm, Mike, you know that. I'm not much of a... Me neither. The dessert thing occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. I never yeah. understood why the kids were so excited to go to the factory in the first place. I was like, <laughs> it looks cool, I guess. I wouldn't want to eat that stuff. I, I'm, I like candy. I like sweets. I like dessert. But I'd rather have... And when I was a kid, I preferred that. But then my palate um, matured. <laughs> uh-huh. And now I like salty things. And the only smoky thing things. thing I wanted as a kid were coloring books and video games. That was it. That's all I wanted. You just weren't hungry. No, I was a very tiny little kid. She ate. She ate. She ate out of necessity. My parents actually used to make fun of me, and they still to this day about me only eating half of whatever I was given. So they did. They just start giving you twice as much as they should. No, I would just only eat once a day because I'd get a meal, and then like I would just eat the rest of the meal later. (laughs) So you started away like a squirrel. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ate, ate half the food and then you know packed the rest of it away in like a a curio cabinet or something and just went back to it every so often. My youngest yeah. nephew does that. He eats like that. He'll he'll sit down and eat half and then go away and then come back and pick at it over the course of the, the, the evening. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story of of one of my girlfriend's little brothers? No. S- storing storing food for later. Oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, I might have told. You. I'm gonna. Do it it's, again. It's been five and a half years. I'll tell sure. the story again. I'm over at the girlfriend's house, and she's the oldest in the family. She's got, and there's a, a big wide range. Um, so her the youngest child is the only, or no, that's not true. There's two boys, but he's he's the youngest. He's clearly the baby in the family. And you're going to get the train for the sound effect because there was a train nearby. So I brought a train in just for the story. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's that's the kind of production so the, quality you get at Nerdburg. So the girlfriend's family. Warning before you hit that train sound effect, Craig. It's- 
Well, that's what that's what the the train horn is supposed to do. It's supposed to warn you. So anyway, back to the girlfriend whose family yeah. lived on the train tracks. <laughs> um, I was over for a holiday. You know, I think I think it was Christmas. Might have been Thanksgiving, but you know, it's yeah, whatever. Um, over there, and like so, the whole family's there, and they in the corner of the dining room they had like this little it was like one of those corner pieces of furniture you know that has like the it had the big doors in the front where you could put stuff in it and then it had like the little the little side doors the real narrow ones sure that were kind of at an angle and he would go back over there every so often um and go into the one of those little behind one of those little doors and then and then he shut it and go away and then i watched this happen a couple of times and i was trying to figure out what it was and we discovered mom had put the um the christmas cookies up on top of the refrigerator where he couldn't reach them yep so he went down into the cupboard and pulled out giant handfuls of granulated sugar yep. uh-huh. and put them in the <laughs> in the little cabinet just piles of sugar in there he just he had like two fistfuls of sugar sitting in there and he would just go over there and <laughs> just pound the sugar <laughs> every 10 minutes or so <laughs> And, and how long was that? Was it in there like that? Was it eventually he was eating sugar and ants? Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was just that day. <laughs> oh, okay. Because if it, if it had gone more than a day, he would have been eating sugar and ants. Yes. <laughs> this is how we get ants. Yeah. Do you want ants? <laughs> I'm so horrified that he was just eating big gulps of sugar. Well, and and the great thing was that. Everybody in it was like everybody in the family had a slightly different reaction to it. Like me and the girlfriend thought it was hilarious. Um, and one of the other kids thought it was really funny. And then one of them was really grossed out by it, too, because they thought that was disgusting. And the mom was angry and the dad was kind of like, nah, that's my boy. <laughs> he had this kind of like he didn't say anything, but he was just kind of bemused. Like, you know, underneath it all, he was kind of like, uh, yeah, that's that's resourceful. I respect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got anything else or we want to talk art? Yeah, it's art talk time. Time to talk about arting. Oh, my favorite subject. So, Beth, what are you working on nowadays? Other than uh, capers and die laughing. Anything fun? Anything you can talk about? I'm like or trying have, to remember. Or what have you recently done? Maybe um, stuff that's just, out. I just uh, none, none of this stuff is out yet, I don't think. Art, typically, it's like, um, when you can remember that you worked on it, it isn't out yet, because they have such huge spans of the time period it takes to create this stuff before it actually, like, goes out. <laughs> yeah, so like... So it's like you work on something, and then two years later, you're like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Like with my and I'll like come out and I'll get tagged in it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember sometimes. And it kind of makes me feel bad because like people paid for it and they really believed in me. Because art is a lot of what sells books, unfortunately, for writers. But um, Well, everybody likes a book with pretty pictures in it. Even, even if they don't want to admit it. Do people um, not admit that they like art? No, they don't want to admit that the that they're that they don't oh, re- just read books ever. to read books, right? Everybody wants yeah. to see pictures in their books. Doesn't have any pictures. Yeah, but um, I just completed a number of comics, 
one of them was a Kickstarter that is out. Um, I don't know if you can buy it online yet because they're just now sending out the uh, Kickstarter rewards. It's like the first run of the comic. And it was called Maroon. And it was about like uh, this really messed up girl. She's got like personal issues. Finds out she's part of like this long line of like Irish wizards. <laughs> that bloodline is supposed to like prevent this demon from rising. And it's tied to like how sinful of a person she is. So the worse of a person she is, the more likely this demon's going to get out. And she starts it out as like a terrible human being. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> if you go on my uh, you know, on my Twitter at Beth Barney, there's like art of it out right now because I'm working on commissions that were part of that Kickstarter. Like people could pay, I don't remember what reward tier it was. I think it was like $50 and then I would do commission work for them. So those are all over my my uh, Twitter right now and I think also my Instagram. But that's what I'm working on. I'm working on, um, oh my God, I can't remember your, your story's name, Craig. I'm blanking on it. No, I'm going to make you work for it. Go ahead. Take your time. <laughs> what was the one you previously worked on? I'm remembering Capers. Yeah, that's the, an acquisition. Yep, those are the first two. What's the third one? <laughs> I want to say Die Laughing. There you go. Yeah, I kept thinking Bloody for some reason. Like well, the word Bloody kept popping up. But the art, the only color in it is blood. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, why. That's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't entirely sure how that was going to turn out because I had just like the idea. It's like, we'll do black and white, no shades of gray, just black and white line art, line art with red. And it'll be one shade of red, just like a nice bright blood red. And that'll be the only color that's inside the book. And then, uh, you know, I, I took a stab at that idea and, and, <laughs> we, we, and we took, a, you know, she did a fir- the first few pieces and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there we go. That's, yeah, that, that's going to work. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, so the been... humor in this is that that's not the first time I've done art like that. Okay. Well. <laughs> Taking it back to the beginning of the podcast, talking about those um, that class where I had to draw myself. Mm-hmm. One of those is a black and white image with red as the only color. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my most popular piece. Like, people wanted to buy it. Cool. So I knew that that was a good, like, idea for your story. Tried and tested team. technique. Oh, it, it, it's very popular. A lot of, um, I don't think it's known that it's popular. Like people don't talk about it, but it's very visually arresting. There was another Kickstarter that for for a, for a game is actually a card game that a little while back that came out that uh, did the black, white, and red, but it also used um, it used a single shade of gray. It was actually like a gunmetal kind of color, um, to really good effect. Um, but I kept it. Just, you know, I got, I figured, eh, now let's not mess with the gray. Let's see what we can do with just the red. So, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, it's just one of the th- weird, weird things, too, is like finding, like, every illustration needs to have a little bit of red in it. And sometimes the illustration is like, hmm, well, here's you got somebody that's like, you know, here's a monster that's tearing a person apart. That's easy, <laughs> right? Lots of red. Um, but then there's other ones where it's kind of like, well, what, are, what do I do with the red? One of the item, one of the ones in the, uh, um, in the art order you have right now, one of the monsters is called Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a nice guy. He lives down the hall, keeps to himself quiet. 
So like <laughs> the, the illustration is described as basically just like this, you know, regular looking guy in a button down. He's like in a collared shirt, but it's, you know, open at the top, no tie, just real, you know, well-groomed, all that kind of stuff with a, like a single noticeable drop of blood on his shirt. Well, I think in other ways to incorporate the red rather than just relying purely on blood is you use it as like a highlight feature of the illustration. Yeah. Like, um, to draw attention to like a smile or his red shirt. Yeah. And you've done stuff with that before too. Like with the clown, the clown, there's no blood on the clown, but you did like the clown's hair and the like the little pom poms that are down the front of its front of her shirt. The possessive um, ghost where the ghost is a red. red. The face. ghost is entirely red. Yeah. I liked her. She was my favorite. <laughs> so just trying to find like different ways to do stuff. And then every so often, <laughs> I forget, I kind of forget what the art order is because I had there's these there's these full page pieces <clears throat> throughout the book. There's there's a handful of them, and the, each of them is set up like a little storyboard. There's like six small panels and then a big panel, and oh, they yeah, each the they each tell board. a little they each tell a little story that ends with somebody getting killed, basically. Um, and you know, there's like a little bit of red in each one of those, but then there's one where. <laughs> Like the the final panel is described as like, and then this monster just like tears this person in half, blood and guts everywhere, and it's really, really red. It is. <laughs> that panel is like three quarters red. Ooh. So I'm flipping through. I'm, I'm imagining people flipping through the book, and they get to each of the, the full page pieces, and they're like, oh, a little bit, a little, and then they flip the page to that one, and it's like, bam! It's just like most of the pages like really pops out red. So. It will stand out in that case, yeah. It, it will absolutely stand out. But, I think uh, I remember that one. That's at the weapon museum or whatever. The yeah, he's museum. he's looking through. Yeah, there's a character who's looking through trying to find a weapon, and he bypasses all these other weapons and picks up a banana. <laughs> yeah, he's like a young black gentleman. He's running from something we don't see, breaks into the store trying to look for something to protect himself. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of weapons all over the wall and in the case around him. And in a moment of panic, he grabs the closest thing, which is a partially eaten banana, <laughs> <laughs> and turns and turns and turns to face the monster. And then the monster tears him literally in half. Yeah, he has he has entrails that are connecting the two halves of his body. Oh yeah, he does. I forgot about that. Yeah, and, really, and it's really really red. It. It's really red. <laughs> Wait, what page is this on? It's not. <laughs> it's not in the rough cut. <laughs> It's all, it'll be it'll be in the rough cut. Um, yeah, it'll be in the rough cut. Yeah, for those of you who are still thinking about backing the game, um, you can go pick it up um, today, the day that this podcast uh, episode airs. And I'm going to be sending out a 72-page version of the game that's like fully illustrated and laid out and everything pretty and wonderful um, right away, immediately after the Kickstarter is done, and then we'll add the other 30 pages worth of stuff for the final version. So everybody's going to get the game and be able to play it on Thanksgiving Day with your family. I'm really thankful for this game. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm going to make it available right away. Own black and red artwork. There you go. Commissions right now. <laughs> you can contact me at Beth Varney. Twitter. Provided you can spell Varney, I'm not going to spell it for you. It ends with an I. 
<laughs> we'll you have can go to the die time. laughing. Go to the die laughing page. She's listed in the, uh, there in you the go. team members. If I had known Barney was, I, had, I didn't really give it any thought. If I had known it was Italian, I would have named a character in Capers Barney. Plenty oh, of Italian really? mob, yeah, Italian mobsters, yeah. I would have made a one of the characters it was actually, Barney. Uh, the name of a noble family from Genova, which I oh. found out when I was in college. I remember seeing that crest and being like, "This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. I don't know that Campbell has a crest. We've got a tartan. I've seen that. <laughs> but those are all invented yeah. anyway. Like the official family tartans, that's all invented crap. Back in the days when people were first started wearing, wearing those tartans, they just wore whatever they made. I mean, they, they didn't like color coat themselves. Yeah, my mom's family is the Hamiltons. They've they probably got a Hamilton. crest. They do. They have a crest. A full, a full bit of heraldry. A lion rampant on a field of azure. <laughs> I don't. I literally don't remember what it looks like, but I've seen it before. It's a Scottish crest. <laughs> so I'm Scottish, oh. Italian, Scottish. And weirdly, I've had more than one person accuse me of being an Asian, even though I'm Scottish Italian. Yeah. One Is time, that... I was trying to order a drink at a bar, and the person next to me, which was a white gentleman, turned to the bar lady and went. Don't worry about her. She's Japanese. What? (laughs) That's really specific. But what is there not to worry about? I will never forget the uh, lady's face or how completely absurd that statement was. Ignoring the fact that I am in no way Asian. Yeah, there's there's like three different levels of weird there. First Mm -hmm. of all, you're not Asian. Second of all... Japanese Why is Japanese really specific. Specifically. Yeah. What and, and and how does this person, you know, the average American is not, I'm sorry, doesn't can't easily tell the difference between different East Asian peoples. So maybe he okay, maybe one guy just thought like, yeah, I know my I know my Japanese people. She's it. Yeah. It's very minorly in defense because what he said was rude regardless. Yeah. But I have literally had like um I have a fair amount of friends who are Asian, which as adults, they told me they started talking to me because they thought I was Asian. <laughs> Jeez. And then on top of it, like Mike said, it was like he said, the guy said, don't it's worry okay. about like, it. Don't worry about like, what was, what was she supposed to be worried about? <laughs> I don't know. And the only reason I can think of why someone would think that is I have black hair. Other than okay. that, I don't get it and I'm never going to get it. But it's you know, still, like, yeah. like the Japanese people do. Only, like only Japanese people have. Yep, they're the only ones with a black hair. <laughs> wow. No, no Italian. Mike, no, I didn't. I didn't no, know your wife was Italian or hair. was Japanese. Oh, she's yeah. She's Allison Japanese. She's yeah. It sounds like such a bullshit story that it one hundred percent happened. No, no, yeah. no, no. My my wife is is uh is half Italian like me, but she actually looks it. Like Craig was saying. Um, She's got black hair, olive skin. Yeah. Um, she does not have narrow eyes in the slightest. She has huge eyes, but people people think have have thought that she was um, Middle Eastern, Jewish, um, Native American, and Chinese. And Chinese people don't know what Italian people look like. Maybe that's it. Because I have I have olive skin, which is a 
very solid, like, yellow undertone to it, which lends itself to people thinking I'm, like, Asian or something because I have a unique skin tone Mm -hmm. compared to most people in D.C. I don't meet a lot of Italian people in D.C. And I have black hair, so people just assume that I'm Asian, I guess. Or they ask me straight up, what is your ethnicity? Which has been asked to me many, many times. (laughs) I'm always like, I'm I'm white. (laughs) I'm a white girl. I can't think of a time I've been asked that question. Well, I have. And Ever. Boyfriends. boyfriends have asked me that question. What's your, what ethnicity? Is your ethnicity? I'm white. Now, if it was 100 years ago and you were of Italian descent and you claimed to be white, you'd get in trouble. Well, I'm also Scottish. Okay, well, that's, I, that's, that's fair. Is it half and half, roughly? Yeah. Okay. Then I guess maybe that's okay. I guess we can we can tolerate that here in white America, you know, because I'm just saying because, you know, 100 years ago, Irish and Italian, for example, weren't really considered to be they were, you know. Well, Irish isn't that different from Scottish. They were full on. Right. But they were full on. Like lower class. Sure. Yeah. Um, True. You know, when 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 people 100 years ago talked about those filthy immigrants, they were talking about Italian and Irish people. As opposed to the yeah. immigrants that we, people like to complain about nowadays in all countries. Awesome. The world. That, you just described three quarters of me. Yeah. I'm three quarters <laughs> low class. <laughs> That's low, about. Like you just insulted all of my blood. Three, three quarters low class immigrant. And the other yeah. quarter is stupid because I'm Polish. Is that how that yeah. works? Sure. You're not lying. I can't, I can't change a light bulb. It's true. <laughs> I don't like ladders. You know, I think that most people think that uh, Italian people have, like, brown hair and just, like, tan skin. Well, northern Italian people typically, I mean, the closer you get to Austria and France, I mean, there's, do they start looking, you know, you get lighter, lighter skin, lighter hair. You're an exception, I guess. Yeah, I was like, well, my hair's black. I'm always skin. Well, there's a lot of people in the U.S. who think that Spanish people look hispanic mm-hmm. they are don't supposed, yeah, or su- are supposed to look hispanic that is not the case spanish people look like spanish people they look like mediterranean you mean by hispanic yeah, you mean latino like italian people, right to be completely honest because i've been to italy twice and i've been to spain a couple of times and, and we had and like when i was in the renaissance fair there was a, a guy who was playing was, was supposed to be playing a spanish character um, and he would, I, I literally heard him on a number of occasions and I know he did it plenty where I wasn't around where he had to explain to people is he would tell them that he's Spanish and they would look at him weird and he would actually explain to them what Spanish people look like. Hey, it's we... like when you're speaking Spanish, but you're actually Spanish and not Mexican and people are like, <laughs> look at you weird. And it's, well, you know, I'm actually Spanish. There's a difference there. There's a visual difference there. It is a European language. <laughs> I, th- I think people don't realize that. Well, yeah, it's just in the U.S. It's like when you think of anybody that speaks Spanish or has any sort of sp- anything that has anything to do with Spain in your in your ancestry, you think, like you said, Latino. Um, you think Central American, Mexican, South American. Um, but you know, Spaniards, like Spanish right. people, right. don't look like that. No, at all. <laughs> Hey, we've circled all the way like back. We we've, we've circled all the way back around to Northern Mediterranean Burger. 
<laughs> sure, accidentally. <laughs> was... Oh boy, but yeah, you did a whole bunch of artwork, and I'm really happy that you did that. You'd, uh, that you you di- you dove in and uh, agreed to do the stupid, funny horror stuff, and uh, and do more of it. <laughs> when I said, "Hey, by the way, if I add a whole bunch of stuff, are you are you willing to do some more?" and you said, "Sure." I'm always so... willing to do anything related to horror, as long as I don't think it's written poorly. <laughs> Horror is my favorite genre. Oh, see, now I like you even more. That's great. Yeah. Mike doesn't care, though, because he doesn't like horror movies. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like movies like Saw. You know, I see them as just like a gore movie. I like movies that disturb you. They like unsettle you. You leave and you're unsettled. Like The Exorcist. Yeah. Those are the kind of movies I like. That's, I like psychological horror. Oh, boy. Well, I don't have a psychological horror game in the works. So, sorry. But uh, maybe I'll design okay. one just so you can do the artwork for it. <laughs> in my experience, it's one of the harder genres to do correctly. So, like, I've had people approach me to do comics for it before. I'm always like, I don't really like how you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to say it in like the most way you can. You can't just say, "Yeah, that story's crap." Yeah, even saying it the way I just said it to you, a lot of writers in my experience would have taken massive offense. It's personal. When you're making yeah. something, it's very personal. And anytime anyone says anything about it, whether they mean it as like a personal attack, it's still kind of a personal insult. No, I, I get it. I'm totally there. I've had people say some stuff about stuff that I've created that stung at the moment, but then I, you know, I kind of move past that and I say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Screw you. I got paid. Um, and plenty <laughs> of other people like it. So just, uh, you know, you have to take some of that thick skin yeah, and all that. Yeah, I usually find that people like that, if they made something, it'd be a million times worse. <laughs> it's like, you're not, your opinion's not the same as everybody else's, so try not to let it get you down. Well, you know, the the joke line is those who can do, those who can't teach. Um, I am more of the opinion, those who can do, those who can't criticize. Yeah, because I had tons of art teachers that were like amazing professional artists as well. So that's kind of, I hate when people say that, those who can't do teach. It's like the person who taught me color theory and painting, he's a professional artist, he's in galleries. He's very talented, extremely gifted. I respect him so much. He taught because he wanted to help other people with art, not because he couldn't just be a professional artist. So. Good people. We like people like that. Be like that, everyone. I was going to take that in the opposite direction and, and comment that the, the easiest thing to do, the easiest profession is critic. Because mm-hmm. anybody it can is. do it. No, and it's getting worse and worse in this in this age that we live in where everybody gets their soapbox and can be anonymous. I think it's really just about how easy it is to get your opinion heard. Mm-hmm. I think people are always like that. It's just more noticeable now. Well, I think to an extent, but at the same time, I think you would be you would you would be less likely to see somebody walk up to you at a convention and say, oh, you worked on this thing? Here's all the things I don't like about it. 
then then it would be for them to just barf it all over the internet because they have a, an easy platform and they don't have there's no accountability because they're not talking to the person face to face. Yeah, even if their name's attached with the insult, there's no personal risk. I would commend the person that would come up to me at a convention and say, "I kind of would too." <laughs> like, if somebody I walks would, up to me and says, "Hey, I read, I, I, I backed papers. I read it. I think it's garbage." I'd been like, "Be like, what are you well, doing afterwards? Do you want to go like, get a, you want to go get dinner and a drink?" <laughs> I would, and here's why. Well, I would say, you have to question the motivation for why somebody would do that. The only reason to walk up to someone and say specifically, "I read your stuff." is just to hurt you. Yeah. If they came up and they were like, hey, I want to talk to you about some stuff because I really like your writing, but I don't like what you did with this. Well, sure. Yeah. That's it's... constructive criticism. If you just go up to somebody to insult them, <laughs> your aim was just to hurt them. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's see, contingent and see, on the delivery. Sure. I would turn <laughs> that back around at them if, they, if somebody actually did that to me and just came up and blanket statement garbage. Um, and I would say, well, thank you for your $15. Um, and you're in the minority because there are plenty of people who haven't told me my game is garbage and that are in fact, I wouldn't give them a response because in my experience, people who do that exact behavior, because it's been done to me, Yeah, they're probably because I'm a woman and they think that I'm an easier target. But in my experience, those are people looking for your reaction. Yeah. They want you to. Whatever your reaction is, they're going to feed off of that. They're going to, because then they're going to have a story. Then they can tell, then they can tell people and they can justify what they did because look at how this person reacted. Yeah. In my experience, the best way to handle that, not everybody is going to agree with me. And I've had tons of people tell me it's a bad idea. It's usually just ignore them, turn around because honestly, I don't really care about them. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to get your opinion. I'm not trying to get you to like my stuff. If you're that mean, don't want to know you. Yeah. And, you know, when I make the comment about how I would react or I might, you know, they come up to me and tell me something's garbage and I say, okie dokie. And then I just turn around on them. Or even if I do just turn around on them, it's also because society has taught me that I can make that, you know, that I can snap back at somebody with that, you know, because like you said, it's like, I'm a big guy. I'm tall. I'm a big guy. I'm a little, I can be, imposing and I recognize that and so I think that anybody who actually you know tried to pull that off if I like actually said anything really mean back to him that they would get a completely different like sense of well this was maybe a mistake um but with you know if, if somebody's a person of color or somebody's if somebody's a woman then yeah people feel like they can you know crap on you a little more easily at least some people will feel that way I've had which, which sucks yeah I've had people tell me I'm extremely intimidating. I've had people come up to me and insult me for my face. Yeah, that's great. Wonderful. Well, it's because the difference there is somebody who knows you and somebody who's just gauging you on your appearance at first glance. Yeah. Because I'm a five foot five girl. You don't know me. I'm just a regular girl that's just walking around and I am an easy target. Okay, so I'm not going to ever say something like that to you because that's a dick move. So, and, well, and also, also, I, also, I, also, I really, I, I really like you, and I like your work, and I want to keep, I want to keep working with you. Like, I don't want people to think I can't take criticism. I went to school. I took criticism of every single project I went to. You yeah. have to compete to stay in 
my degree and to graduate. Mm-hmm. But there really is a difference between insulting somebody and offering criticism. True. A lot of people don't get that. Makes me sad. I just uh, live my life assuming everyone's a douchebag until they prove otherwise. <laughs> I feel like most people do, which makes it even sadder, because the people who insult you like that probably think of the world like that, too. Well, no, I'm not going out and actively doing anything no, to I'm people. No, I'm not saying I... you're doing that, <laughs> but I'm saying everybody who does behave that way likely has the same kind of thoughts and opinions that we do. They just take it in a different direction. Yeah. Maybe m- more people than that guy in, the, in that bar think that um, Japanese people are not, just nothing to worry about. <laughs> I will never understand what he was even talking about. And, and that all kinds of people who aren't Japanese look Japanese. Yeah. And, and therefore it's okay. I think, okay. Just like, I think this happened. I think I was 23. I was very slender. I had long black hair. And I think he was drunk. So he probably just looked at me <laughs> and it was like, I don't know why he picked Japanese and I don't know why Japanese people can't ask for a drink. But in that. <laughs> If this is in a bar. Second, he decided that in, in a bar <laughs> at night with bad lighting and and drunk. It was yeah. It was the afternoon. It was the okay. Well, so yeah. And he and he and he looked at you and you checked like two of the boxes for Japanese woman, slender and black hair. And then he went, oh, okay, that. <laughs> so he didn't bother looking down the rest of the list, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> All the other things that distinguish. <laughs> The girl at the bar was a white girl. She was, like, she was my age. She was also very slender, and I'll ne- she looked so shocked. <laughs> so she recognized what something was very, very wrong there. <laughs> it, she didn't say it with like malice. It was very like an offhand comment, but it was right. she was so shocking because like one, what does it mean? <laughs> and two, why did you say it? It yeah, it just makes it weirder. Yeah, I can only assume he was just super drunk person and now beth and that bartender lady are uh, best friends they bonded over that moment and they... oh we actually got married three years later <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know i don't know where <laughs> well that sounds like a problem if you're going to get married <laughs> i wonder if she told people like after work if she was like you will not believe this weird that happened today i i'm sure she did but she's yeah. she was a bartender so she probably saw something like that every day and so, yeah, that's, and you know, that just became, the, that became the story for that day. Yeah. She bartended at, this is relevant. <laughs> I'm not just <laughs> talking. She bartended at a community center for an affluent white neighborhood. <laughs> so she probably did hear that stuff all the time. Sure. Yeah. Oh boy. <sighs> Well, thank goodness really we brought positive that. Positive note for the podcast. <laughs> thank goodness we brought that back around to being kind of funny at the end there, because we were starting to get a little bit preachy and, and upset about uh, about criticism. Yeah, why I'm, you shouldn't shouldn't I'm, do it. I'm sorry, things didn't work out between you and the bartender. Yeah, it's okay. I, I think about her all the time. <laughs> the one that got away. <laughs> yeah, she was really my dream girl. <laughs> Plus, you're Japanese, so you can just hire somebody to pretend to be your wife, right? She's also white, so, you know, getting married would have given me real connections in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what else we got? Anything? We have, uh, 
Kevin question? Sure. Beth, would you like to answer a question from Kevin? Do we, do we need to explain this? You, you can. I mean, I would like to know what the question is. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, answer it now, and then we'll read the question. So there's yeah, a... There's a guy named Kevin, and every, every just about every week he writes writes in to the show and asks us a question, and we try to answer it for him. Oh, what a sweet guy. What's that? I said, what a sweet guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, because I know Kevin, and sweet is yeah. not the word I would oh, use. I was, was going to ask you, Craig, is, is Kevin sweet? Um, <laughs> it's actually like a murderer. No, it's not that bad. Don't <laughs> you don't have to not go. That you don't bad. have to. You don't wow. have to go to the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Kevin, no, not as bad as a murderer. Cool. Actually, if if she were to listen to some of his questions, she would get that he's kind of grumpy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's go for it. Let's see what's our Kevin question. Okay, uh, this is eighty six question. He's been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Why is my belly button lint navy? No matter what color shirt I wear. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Beth, you want to try to tackle what that one? What shirts does he normally wear? That might be based around color theory. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. It could well, be. We, I've only I ever... wear a lot of red and blue shirts or a lot of purple shirts. Well, the, the, only time, the only picture I've ever seen of Kevin, he was wearing a red sweatshirt. It depends on what he means by blue, too. Because a lot of people see light gray and they think blue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of belly button lint tends to be in the gray spectrum because, like, gray and white are a lot of colors mixed together. So, for example, would be in order to make a gray would be if you neutralize blue with orange. And depending on the, I'm getting too into color theory right now. I don't know why I'm explaining. No, no, go, go, go! I love it. This is great. This is a great, <laughs> great answer for the question. Okay, so a good way to neutralize those two is to add one of the opposites, which in this case opposite for blue is orange you mix them together and depending on the amount of either side it means towards that color and the amount of um how saturated that color is will change what kind of gray you get so if there's more blue to the gray it's going to be a more blue gray obviously and if there's if it's like a lighter color it'll be like that sort of light gray that can make people think it's blue because it's it's a cool gray. Yeah, so that's probably actually what it is. Or he's in an area with a lot of like um, like cool colored dirt or lots of cool colored stuff in the air. So it's not just fabric that gets your belly button. It really depends on what he's doing and what he's around. And I think he travels like, a lot. Well, the, the the dryer lint trap is the same way. Yeah, that's the color. That's, it's like that's that bluish blue gray. gray. Yeah, I yeah, think it's it's just so I think it's a, it's a combination of that. yeah, it's a combination of the things that we wear most often along with stuff that tends to be in the air. Yeah. At least, well, you know, where we live. Let's not forget his sheets. His sheets well. that that'll that'll change it too. Yeah. Do do we want to know what um uh Dr. Carl Kruselnicki of the University of Sydney, Australia found out when he did a survey on sure. belly button lint? Sure, is it like is it is the belly button lint like the opposite color down under? <laughs> is that a Coriolis thing? What kind of answer this man thought it was worth wasting all his life? Is it, is it kind of is it kind of orangey down there? Like she um, was, like Beth was saying. Well, the, brown. 
naval lint is naval. Naval lint is mostly. That's why it's navy because it's naval. Get it? Oh, that think, must be it. Do you think there Kevin you was making a joke? Naval lint All those is research dollars, and that's the answer. <laughs> is mostly stray fibers from one's clothing mixed with some dead skin cells and body hair. Um, yep. Comes from a person's uh, shirt or top. Uh, the fibers move there from friction uh, of the body hair. Women have less navel lint because of their finer and shorter body hairs. Older men have more navel <laughs> lint because they have more hair and it is thicker. Navel lint's color is usually blue-gray. The color is most <laughs> likely an average of all clothing colors worn. Navel lint is entirely harmless and does not need to be corrected. <laughs> Can I just say right now that I didn't need to learn any of that? Apparently I already knew it. <laughs> I didn't. That's the answer I gave. I didn't need to learn any of that, but I'm glad I now know it. Because <laughs> yeah. I just, I just lost one of my song lyrics. Like you know, some song I don't know the lyrics anymore. That that information went in my brain and pushed a song lyric out. Doctor Cruzel Nikki should have just called you, Beth. What? Doctor Cruzel Nikki should have just called you. Could have I'm saved himself all kinds of time. <laughs> I wonder what drove him to answer that question. He asked himself it a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, who knows. There's a lot stupider, weirder stuff that people study out there and get grants to to check out. We talked about years and years ago. Somebody did a study on the use of computers on Law and Order, and they watched. They had the box set of Law and Order, and they watched every episode, and they made notes about where the computers were and how they were used. And and how much smaller they got over time. And how they went from, well, they went from being on in the background back, back, yeah. background tables. And if they were used, they were like, they were turned off. The person went over there, turned it on, used the computer, and then turned it off. <laughs> and then they slowly migrated onto characters' desks. And then they got smaller and, you know. We're on all the time. and We're on all the time. And then they got, they started to get used more and more often. And eventually, you know, you get to the, 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 the very later seasons where people are look, looking stuff up on smartphones. And it was a whole study of like, like computer use. Technology. Yeah. It was a 20 year study of computer use change. That kind of shit is like fandom shit. Like, <laughs> that's somebody who's like a super fan who can't let things go and needs to study like every minute detail, like over analyzing. Yeah, but the guy got like a couple thousand dollars <laughs> to, to conduct his little so study. Stupid. Yeah. It's just like, there's nothing about it it's just a reflection of technology transformation in modern that's all it is somebody had to do it man right nobody's Some... gonna do it <laughs> i feel that way a lot about a lot of stats and stuff you can make it sound like whatever you want the meaning of it yeah well nobody needed to make die laughing either it didn't have to happen no it did not craig <laughs> but 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 you're getting paid again. Somebody got some money for it, so I don't see the difference. Hopefully you get some money too. Yeah, it's it's getting there. We're we're, we're good. I'm getting paid. The meaning behind everything. Not a huge, not a huge amount, but well, you know what? Yeah, it is kind of because I want to actually make some money on this. I've been looking at my finances and looking at the the Nerdburger Games financial situation from the past year, and getting a gauge of like by the by the end of the year, how much will I have actually made if anything and uh yeah i made money this year <laughs> you sound so proud i've never made money any other year 
Uh, well, actually, this is, is the you say yes. yeah. This is this is the first since since I started making my own games. This is the first year where I will say I have made significant money. What's your favorite game that you've worked on, whether it be your own or somebody else's? Capers. Oh, it's certainly popular. I hear about it a lot. Good. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, Die Laughing is the current baby, but I, I, I'm very proud of Capers. I think that the, the game system is, is really interesting and robust, and I think it has legs, and I can turn it into other things. Whereas <laughs> Die Laughing is kind of simple and stupid. <laughs> that's, sometimes that's a really good thing. Yeah. Well, the game, I've, I've made the joke that the Die Laughing game mechanic, it, there's one game mechanic, and it does two things. That's the whole game. So... Anywho, hey Mike, are we calling it a day? Is that a, is that a show? Mike, did you die? You've been really quiet for a long time. <laughs> You've been I, holding his breath the whole time. I I died laughing. Oh, wah, wah. we have another Kevin question. If you if Beth, if you really like that last one, or we is can it as riveting as we, the belly button list. <laughs> Mentally it's longer. That, I think. I think that's the first time the word "riveting" has ever been used in any way to reference this podcast. <laughs> first time for everything. Yeah, the other time it was used was the last time I was on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Next week on not nearly as riveting burger. <laughs> yeah. Next time that, I'm on, it'll be a riveting burger again. That's not going to flow off the tongue very good. We can't use that title. The riveting burger. Not, not quite as riveting burger. <laughs> um, the boring burger. Oh, well, yeah, that's... You're not far off. Um, we, we have no shortage of those. Beth, thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> And uh, where where can they they find you on the uh, internet? You can find me at Twitter of Barney or on Instagram at Dosadania, which is your best guess how to spell that. <laughs> or you can find me at my website at www.barney.com. She has a portfolio. You can go see her stuff. Her, her arts. I haven't updated it in over a year. I know. And you can see. <laughs> yeah. s- some of her stuff over uh, at where they can find you, Craig. We're doing this backwards. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's fine. You can, you can go right now uh, for like another, I don't know, eight hours or something, um, <laughs> however long before the evening, uh, to Kickstarter to Back Die Laughing. Um, you can go to nerdburgergames.com to learn about other game stuff that's happening. And you can go to drivethroughrpg.com to purchase some of the games that I've made. And Mike, where can they find you and us and the stuff? They can find uh, all things riveting and not riveting on uh, nerdburgershow.com at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook email us or not. Nerdburgershow at gmail.com. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig track down Beth just so they can meet her in person. Wait, that's really stalkery, isn't it? We're not going to do that because that's creepy and weird. 
Uh, so we won't do that. We'll do something else, right? Can we do something else, something other than that? Because that's the all. I'm not going to be involved in whatever it is that you're doing. Well, I just said we're not doing it. That's probably for the best. I heard my name. But I couldn't hear you over the music. You didn't hear any of that? I heard, I'm going to hunt down Dub. And then I, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say hunt down. I said That's track exactly down. That's what it sounded like you said over I said, the music. I said track down. <laughs> <laughs>